We never know what events are going to be out there. We just know we need to be prepared that in the short term, you're going to see fluctuations, positive or negative. But in the long term, that's we've got to keep that focus. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving you throughout the Kansas City metro area, but also clients all across the country. You can find us online at listentoscott.com. And Scott, in your 19 plus years of experience in this financial world, you've lived through a few elections and the markets and what they've done in those elections. So you've got some experience to draw on here, but that you bring a lot of other factors into the equation. When we all start thinking, okay, we're only a few days away now, we can start talking about it in days, no longer weeks or months. The election is upon us, and uh, I know that brings with it lots of financial questions, and we want to dedicate today's episode to that. Absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to this one. And I want to start out by talking about a phrase I use quite often on, okay. in, with our clients and in these shows, is that when in your mind you're analyzing situation and looking at you know historical facts and background, and if you say to yourself, yes, but this time it's different, <laughs> <laughs> that's an indicator um, because yes, you know the past cannot predict the future, absolutely not. But I think this election cycle seems to be, you know, crazier, more contentious. I think, you know, layering that, like I said, on top of, you know, the pandemic, the shutdown, and it's really, you know, caused some polarity, you know, in, in, in our country and around the world. And I think part of the issue uh, with this divisiveness with the situation is the way information is being delivered today. And we're in a situation where, you know, social media has taken on really the distribution portion of information now. And part of that, when you're especially talking about social media, you know, this is all driven by, you know, algorithms. So it's studying us, studying you, and it's saying, looking at, hey, what do you like? What, what, are, you, what are you searching for? What do you want to know more about? Well, as it thinks it gets to know you more, it starts pushing more and more of that information towards you. And now it seems that whatever your thought process or beliefs are, you can plug into a direct feed of that information. And it's something called confirmation bias. We're we're creating our own echo chambers. Absolutely. So confirmation bias is you've established a thought process or ideas and your mind is searching for ways to back that up and substantiate it. And with social media, that algorithm is doing that. And that's where you're seeing, you know, you get into a, an online group, you know, a, a Facebook group. Uh, you sign up for a newsletter and you just start getting fed these things. And so, uh, and I've been reading quite a bit about this uh, lately, and it's fascinating. It's also a little bit scary that I think the technology has increased and improved so quickly that we quite haven't adapted to it yet. And we will over time. But I, I do think that, I don't know if the, the world's really crazier or worse off. If you looked at statistics, 
Uh, there's some, some rationale that maybe it's not um, the worst time ever, but it sure seems that way. And I wanted to talk today, go back to that old, you know, let's make rational, fact-based, logical decisions. Uh, let's don't use emotion, misunderstanding, misinformation. Don't pull that into your decision-making process. And I think even more so today, that's we need to think think about those things and not to make those emotional decisions. And we don't talk a tremendous about, amount about the markets um, and investments, but I, we talk more about the psychology. And it's not what happens in the markets, it's how we react, it's how we're positioned um, to absorb what's happening to us and for us and making sure again we're taking in the right information and then moving forward with the proper framework. And that's what today's all going to be about. It's a, a letter that's going out to um, all of our clients. I thought, you know, this is good information and I wanted to do a podcast because I know a lot of people listen to the podcast. And it's an easy way to absorb the information and make sure that um, we're going into the election with a, with a clear head, at least as clear as possible. I know you want to spread this information around, especially to clients as much as possible. Um, and so, yeah, great to be able to do that in many different formats. And I know that you're getting questions uh, very likely from clients and, and folks that you're just talking with on a daily basis. Scott, maybe even new people that you're working with who have come into the office for the first time, and they're coming in at an interesting time right before this election happens and are probably asking you some of the questions that we're going to cover and go over on today's show. So I hope we answer definitely a lot of questions here. So when we look at the upcoming election, I mean, what does it really mean? What does an upcoming election really mean for investments from that particular angle? Well, first of all, elections do matter. Um, your vote, my vote, as part of the collective may impact generations to come. So we should approach voting with the gravity it deserves, absolutely. We also need to be careful to not allow short-term political emotions to alter a sound long-term planning process, which if you're a client of ours, you've gone through that process and are continuing to go through that process. So plan, we do financial planning. Planning is ongoing. It's not set it in a 50-page document, put it in a binder, and you're, you're set you know, forever. We want to make sure we understand that in the context of the, the big picture uh, that we've got a sound plan. You know, one of the big questions that I'm sure some people are wondering is, you know, are there election day implications for your investments? And I, I want you to view the markets like a giant scale, and, you know, that the has the balance, you know, the, the two things that go back and forth like a teeter-totter. And the market, it's, that scale's always weighing new information. So in the short term, uh, each added weight you place on the scale may cause it to bounce around a bit. So given enough time, the scale settles back down and accurately reflects the weight and fundamentals of the added information. And so elections are a giant piece of information that we've added to the scale. And we're taking that information on a daily basis and saying, well, how do we move forward with this new information? So in the short run, there certainly causes added movement to the scale. Uh, with this crazy year, with you know the pandemic, COVID-19, uh, we've had more volatility. And then you've got the d this divisiveness of the, of the country with different thought processes on you know, how do we manage the 
the pandemic? How do we manage the country? Uh, how do we manage economies? And so there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, both before and after the election day. Uh, more often than not, the markets stabilize or they actually increase post-election simply due to the removal of uncertainty because the markets hate uncertainty. They like predictability. So when you get volatility, it's because they're unknown. Uh, there's unknowns that may be coming in the future. So if you think about when you change uh, potential presidencies and administrations, they have different policies. They have a different belief or belief system that businesses are going to have to adapt to. And so that's leading up to it. There's a huge amount of uncertainty once we have the election results, and we'll talk about the outcome and when we may see that, but then it'll settle in. Then we know what the rules of engagement look like going forward. Uh, because if we Trump gets reelected, we'll have a continuation of the current policies. All right. So that's predictability. If uh, Biden wins the presidency, there's going to be a new set of rules that are going to have to be have to be factored into going forward. Uh, so that could be tax changes, policy changes, uh, just different processes on how to move the country forward. So with that being said, uh, post-election, once you we get our feet under us and say, is it continuation of current policy or is it going to be new policies, things should start to stabilize. But there could be volatility in the short term because the markets react to the news cycle and we don't know what the news cycle is going to be day to day. Therefore, we can't predict the short term movements of the market. So we're having, you know, but the potential extension of absentee ballots in a lot of states, uh, we could potentially see a delay in the final election results. And so this has the potential lead to extra volatility markets as we wait for the final result. And I think the media has kind of been preparing us for a delayed uh, decision um, because of all the rhetoric that's going on there. But what we'll know after November 3rd, uh, are we on track to have a decision or are we going to have to wait a little bit? Well, that seems like the big one to me because there's uncertainty and then there's next level uncertainty. And we handled it okay, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Scott. Back in the uh, what the Bush Gore election, right, was when we the last time we really had that uncertainty last for several days after the election, uh, the Bush Gore election. Uh, but this time, I feel like we're teetering a little bit differently. So, are we going to be able to handle this? I mean, certainly, it, it seems like everybody's worst nightmare is if we go days and days without a result. It's going to just cause mayhem in terms of that amount of uncertainty. And I know that the the markets will not like that at all. I would imagine. So if you think about, you know, should we be worried about the delayed results? In the short run, we always expect the potential for short-term declines, whether it's election, whether it's a news cycle. Go back to the first part of this year where you had an, a price war in oil with basically Saudi Arabia and Russia, and that sent the markets tumbling. And nobody knew that was on the horizon, but it, the, the markets reacted to it. And then you put on top of that you know, the pandemic and then the shutdown. So we never know what events are going to be out there. We just know we need to be prepared that in the short term, you're going to see fluctuations, positive or negative. But in the long term, that's what we've got to keep that focus. You know, we believe the possibility of a larger than normal decline in the next 12 months exists. 
due to so much uncertainty. Uh, We could see a decline from the election results, uh, stimulus programs, the roll-off effects. You're seeing right now the the battle for this last stimulus piece. Uh, We could see valuation corrections. Those are just a few factors that we could see uh, that could pop up and, you know, affect the short-term values of, of investments out there. But as long-term investors, we view these declines as great potentials, uh, great potential timeframes to capture new opportunities. And we do stand prepared to use the pullback for long-term success. Uh, so rather than succumb to this temptation, uh, we aim to use short-term emotion of other people to create the biggest advantage possible for generate solid long-term gains in a portfolio. So in some ways, we're actually hoping for a quick decline to give us bargain prices because we want to buy things that are on sale, that are strong positions and get that temporary bump. And so we do have a shopping list of things that we we would look at. So the investment committee and, and portfolio managers, that's what they're doing right now is putting those shopping lists together. And there are plans just like any, you know, a lot of people out there are football fans. And, you know, here in Kansas City, you know, the the Chiefs are a big deal. Andy Reid's a great coach. But Andy Reid, he's going into every game with a game plan. And he's got some of the first, you know, a lot of coaches, the first few series of offensive plays are scripted because they've studied the markets. They've, excuse me, they've studied the other team, their opponent. They said, well, here's a game plan. We're going to go out and we're going to run these solid plays. And then we will adapt over time, depending on how those first series go. Investors the same way. We do have a long-term view to make sure that, hey, we, we want to own quality investments for the long term that will give us the highest probability of success uh, for our client's retirement because we need to generate income is usually the name of the game. And we do that by having the right strategies in place. Yeah, it's interesting. It's sort of that, um, what's the saying? Uh, blood When there's blood in the streets, you know, invest when there's blood in the streets or buy when mm-hmm. there's blood in the streets, even if it's your own, um, which, you know, after the election or in that uncertainty, there may be some of that going on. Hopefully not literal blood in the streets, but the mon- financial blood in the streets mentality. Well, Maybe we have to be careful with that saying these days. <laughs> yeah, we do. And I, I think that there is so much information being churned out there. I know just reading an article, Facebook had to shut down uh, this whole group that was going out promoting that Social Security was going away. And this is the end of Social Security. And there's people that are reading this and going, oh my gosh, is it this? And it looked legitimate. Looked legit, right. Oh, it was, I mean, they did an unbelievable job, but it was bogus, you know? And a lot of these things get trotted out all the time. You, they get the, oh, the, the government's going to confiscate our IRAs. You know, that's the target. Well, no, I don't, I don't know the, the government's out to confiscate our IRAs. Now, there, there could be tax policy that's enacted that takes a bigger chunk of your IRA, absolutely. But outright confiscation, I don't think, is out there. And I don't think Social Security is going to, they're going to pull the rug out from underneath it. So, again, just be careful you know, because like I said before, you know, this time it seems different. You know, that's that's probably not the case when you look back uh, over time when you've thought those those other things. Oh, well, this time's different. Well, we've survived, we've adapted, we've gotten better, we've mm-hmm. gotten stronger, and that's just human progress. 
Yeah. It's like every year you hear the horror stories of the uh, razor blades and the Halloween candy. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, well, these stories have been around forever. Like, you know, it was in the 70s we had razor blades and the candy and all sorts of bad stuff. Like, it just, because it's current, it maybe it seems worse. We're living through it in the moment. So it seems different this time. Interesting, your Social Security note. I just read something before we hopped on to record today, Scott. Apparently, in the neighborhood next to mine, and now there's a whole thread of it online of uh, people reporting it in other states across the country, um, of these notes being dropped off in people's mailboxes that are threatening people. You've been targeted as a uh, Donald Trump supporter and enabler, and we have now targeted your home for destruction if he's reelected. And so, and like people are finding this in their mailbox, and it's like, what? What is going on? You know, yeah. And very, but very scary. So, you know, intimidation, deception. Uh, just mm-hmm. that doesn't really have a financial element to it. Obviously, just more of political scare tactic. But uh, it's very, uh, you know, very interesting looking at how there's a traditional method, not even a digital method, of trying to spread sort of that fear and uncertainty. And it's it's definitely all over the place these days. Oh, it is. And it, you look at you know, the, and I think that big difference, there's always been media. So an example, you know, people say, well, you know, this deception or, you know, is just is new. Well, if you go back when the Titanic sank, and I was just reading about this, I believe it was for two or three days after the Titanic sank, East Coast newspapers are printing, no one died. Everyone survived for like two to three days after the fact. And so that was a while ago. Huh. The, the yeah. Facebook was not around. Okay, you know, so we've been getting no, it wrong for centuries, is what you're. Yeah, saying. and so we've we've been fed things. You know, so your example of the note, yeah, that's awful. You know, that someone would ex- have to experience that from from either you know, either party. But if you look all the way back, you know, in the media, um, and this is in the article we talked about. Uh, so newspapers at that time. Uh, if we go way back, they were filled with extremely negative commentary about two beloved presidents, actually George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. So think about the age of that newspaper. That newspaper was your source. It, today it's your smartphone, and it's so much easier to deliver information to multiple people. Because think about back in the day, not everyone had access to the newspaper, all right, so that's why people went to pubs and things like that to talk, you know, public houses to talk about the news of the day, talk about, you know, the stories that are out there. But back when Jefferson and Washington said, though I've already weighed in about the value of predictions, I will go out on a limb here saying, I doubt we'll see an Aaron Burr, Alexander Hamilton type dispute this time around. So either candidate being killed in a shooting duel is highly unlikely, you know. So, so it's. I mean, this was the news know. of the day. The uh, I I was a little worried that we might get a duel during that first debate, uh, that first it, presidential debate here in twenty twenty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we've had a long, colorful history of contentious politics and our wonderful democracy. You know. So in a way, there's some beauty to the to the craziness, right? It, it is. I mean, this is a grand experiment. Obviously, there's always going to be room for improvement um, in, in anything, in anything that we look at. But if you, in comparison, I think that's the, you know, a lot of historical context is missing for a lot of folks out there that didn't necessarily understand history and how things have unfolded. Uh, 
but just when we talked about, you know, I did did a podcast and a webinar early on when we were, you know, talking about, you know, the pandemic and the shutdown. And I pulled up newspaper articles from 1918 and 1919. And it's amazing the articles that were printed of the you can't go to funerals, you can't go to gymnasiums, you can't do this, you can't do that. It was the same messaging in 2020. I mean, it was eerie with the, the, what the media was putting out back in 1918, 1919. It was almost identical to what it was doing here. It's just in a slicker, shinier format. Hmm. We could have copy and pasted some of the arguments from 100 years ago in the last pandemic and pasted them into the news coverage today. Oh, absolutely. Okay. You definitely could. So we can't uh, sit on the sidelines, Scott. But at the same time, and we also have this balance of short-term versus long-term, right? Because the short-term, we could see crazy volatility. But as we've seen, I mean, depending on your definition of long-term, I mean, I think somebody close to retirement or just retired would describe even just a couple of years as starting to get into long-term. I mean, that's especially if you're living on your savings and your dollars. What if people are really worried, not so much about the short-term volatility that we might experience, but you know, a new president or the continuation of the current president might impact things on that long-term basis for a positive or negative direction. Oh, sure. And elections can and will have a long-standing impact on many companies within the investment world. I mean, that that's just a matter of fact. However, in aggregate, it's important to understand a little history around the impact that elections have had on the markets as a whole. So over the past 10 elections, markets have done about the same during the following three years, regardless of whom was elected. And so in looking at, you know, the difference between, you know, investing during a Democratic presidency versus a Republican presidency, the one thing is true. If you were only invested in during Democratic presidencies versus Republican presidencies, they're fairly close. But if you would have stayed invested in both Democratic and Republican presidencies, you've been far better off than trying to cherry pick and be emotional to say, well, I'm only going to invest if the person I or the group I back is in power. Okay, hmm. And I understand the, the emotional part of that, but statistically, it's a bad move. And that's why I haven't said this in a while, but it's our job to help people make good decisions and try to separate your politics from your retirement planning because there's going to be good and bad and no matter wh who is running you know the the country our job is not to be political about it our job is to navigate through the policies that are enacted because every time there's a new policy change there is going to be opportunities that are presented and it's our job to navigate through those opportunities and changes. So that's always going to be the case. It's a great plan. So uh, I think that's great advice on kind of both sides of that equation, the long-term and also analyzing things from the short-term. What if you are taking income already from your investments? Does that change the equation versus somebody who's still approaching retirement? I mean, does that that I'm already retired versus I'm not retired cause a, a lot of changes in your advice and guidance? No, because, again, we've got to look at you know retirement for a lot of people is 10, 20, 30 years of unemployment. Okay. And so they've got to make that money last over, you know, one, two or three, even more decades. 
Uh, I've been in this 20 years, so two decades. I've seen a lot of ups and downs, different political parties in power, and we've managed through it. Okay, so and it all comes back to good planning because we always talk about having a smart place to take money, and our job is to prepare uh, all of our clients for the certainty of uncertainty because that's going to happen. There's going to be things that pop up. And so if you look at 2020, our clients that are in retirement, well, we've got a smart place to take money from. We always have at least 90 days worth of income sitting in cash to be distributed. On top of that, depending on the plan and the, the person's risk tolerance, we may have some very conservative assets beyond that, you know, moderate, moderately aggressive and aggressive. And so it's always making sure that in good times, you've got a lot of options to take money from. Because if everything's up, we've got our choice of which basket to take dollars from. When the markets are down, it shrinks our options. And we need to go to smarter places to take money from. It's usually from cash or more conservative positions that haven't been affected uh, by the short-term movements of the market. So again, it's, we want to make sure that there's enough buffer in your plan where we've always got a smart place to take income from no matter what's going on in the economy. Okay. Makes sense. Absolutely. Final thoughts. We're within a few days of the election here. Scott, you want to put a nice bow on this for us? And uh, when I was writing this article, I came across uh, a Mark Twain uh, quote. It says, predicting is very difficult, especially about the future. <laughs> that, yeah, so, that's like a Mark Twain and a um, Yogi, Berra. Yogi Berra quote. Yeah. Yeah. When you come to the Fork and Road, take it. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's my favorite. And so this election is definitely emotionally charged because of uh, the the people involved, you know, the candidates, and, but also the the way information is delivered to us. Uh, the short run outcomes for the markets are impossible to predict. We do not have a crystal ball. No one does. Uh, we never know what the future holds, which is exactly why we design a sound financial plan years in advance, where we make assumptions that during your 10, 20, 30 plus years of retirement, you're going to be on track some of those years, most of those years. In really great markets, you're going to be ahead of schedule. And in bad volatile markets, you're going to be behind schedule or off track. And we understand that going in. We need flexibility in the plan to make sure that we can navigate good, bad, and kind of up and down sideways markets. So, you know, again, our plans are designed to give you options. They're not to use overuse word diversified, but they're designed to withstand short-term volatility and deliver on long-term goals and objectives. And election night will not change, you know, the insurance operations of Berkshire Hathaway, the defense contracts of Lockheed Martin, you know, the search engine of Google, nor the dividends or interest we receive from our in our stock portfolio of stocks and bonds. So it's simply a night that will add emotion to markets. It will cause the scale to bounce around like we talked before, but we believe strongly that long-term investors that ignore the emotion and volatility will continue to be rewarded with sound financial results. And so it's, again, it's, it's stay the course. We will navigate going forward, but remember, if we do get a different administration, 
which is bound to happen either this year or going forward. It's going to happen, obviously. Things take time to shift course. You know, the economy, the country is like a giant battleship. And those things move and change course slowly. And so we just, again, sound fundamentals, try not to be overly emotional, and just be prepared that, you know, a half of the country is going to be upset with the result. It's just bound to happen. And just be prepared for that outcome. And hopefully moving forward, um, no matter what the outcome is, uh, we can all find ways to find commonality. Because I think most of us all want very similar things. You know, we we want to have a safe environment to to live in and raise our families in and experience great things about life. You know, we want to have opportunity. Uh, we want justice. We want equality. And I think that's pretty common across the board. And I think if we can hang on to those things, hopefully we can, you know, move forward and not be so contentious, have conversations about real important topics uh, that are out there that are opportunities as well as challenges that we have. But I think we've got to be able to have conversations about those things to move forward and to not be overly emotional about those things. So a little side note there, but again, stay the course. If you have questions or concerns, please feel free to reach out, uh, talk with us, talk with the team. Uh, we're going to be over communicating in the weeks to come, uh, just to give you context from our point of view to hopefully make this as smooth of a, a process as possible. Um, but I look forward to getting past the election, getting the result, having certainty of what direction we're going, no matter what the outcome is. And again, we're just going to, we're still going to come to work. Everybody's going to go do their job. People still need to buy things and live their life. And we'll just navigate through the upcoming decision, just like we have for the past 20 years. Yep, absolutely. And uh, take a little bit of positivity into uh, the following couple of weeks. I think that'll be really important to uh, to keep in mind as well. Um, you know, tr try to find some silver linings in these things and some comfort in the process ahead. Very important. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Scott, if you've got any questions as the election approaches here in a couple of days, or if there is a bunch of uncertainty after the fact and you have questions and concerns, if the market does something crazy, Scott and the team always there for you to be uh, a resource to lean on and to, if you have questions and need to navigate those waters, they're there. 913-393-4724 is that number. That's 913-393-4724. And you can also visit us online at listentoscott.com. Listen to the past couple of episodes. We, we dabble in a couple of more things that you should be thinking about as we near the end of the year. Uh, lots of other things to definitely keep in front of you. Listentoscott.com, again, is the website. We'll put contact info and the ways to get in touch in the description of today's show to make it easy for you. Scott, we appreciate the help. Thank you so much for the guidance on the show today. And uh, we will next talk to you, uh, we're planning to at least, once we know who the uh, president is. Now, if this does stretch on for many, many, many days, maybe we'll do an interim episode or something like that. We're just going to kind of play it by ear and see what all happens after the 3rd of November. But we'll be back with you in discussing the election once again, sort of a part two or part three, I guess, is more of an extension of this conversation once we get there. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks so much. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Your Retirement Elevated.
Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.